it's uh, quite often that I have people ask me what really is the benefit of mindfulness practice and mindful coping practice what you know what does that actually look like in real life what is, you know what it is or are some of the tangible benefits of engaging in a regular practice such as this and i find that there are really two approaches for this i can you know tend to if i'm not careful go into a fairly lengthy explanation about the benefits of this, just, you know, really from a theoretical standpoint. Uh, or I could, it can be much shorter than that. It can be, but it's it really ends up being, at the end of the day, there's really two ways to convey the benefits of this, of engaging in this practice on a regular basis over a long period of time and sustaining that practice. That it's, you know, it's either theoretical or I can really use what I refer to as a real-world example about how I have benefited from this in some way, how it has helped me reduce my own suffering emotionally and psychologically. Uh, and that is really what I wanted to share uh, in just in kind of a brief fashion as far as just a uh, something that happened to me and how my practice was such a tremendous amount of support. And to take it a step further, not only was it a tremendous source of support when I share this story, I will also share that it's, it, it is about how when we practice anything over a period of time, there is a tendency for it to change us. And I mean really any particular endeavor, uh, any particular skill that we're trying to build, if we continue to practice and utilize effective techniques there you know is a very high likelihood that through over time and through that process that we will see transformation in ourselves we'll see that we you know actually respond to things differently without having to think about it it can they can tend to have a lot of automaticity to it we will find that we will unconsciously respond in different ways and that's really the story that i wanted to share today I tend to not really get into sharing a lot of details about, you know, things that happened to me. And it's not because I don't want to talk about them. I just have found that what is really beneficial to share in almost all of these cases with all of these episodes has been to really focus more on how the practice has helped me, how how it has helped me have a better overall life experience you know, how it's helped me suffer less, how it's helped me, you know, not get so caught up in my own beliefs and my own thoughts about everything that I'm feeling and how it's allowed me to, to more effectively be here in the moment where things are really happening. But this is actually one that I think this time I, you know, I do want to share this because I think it's really would be, it would be very difficult for me to really share the benefits of this without sharing the story. The other day, and this was probably two or three days ago, it's been fairly recently, I had a situation in which, and as strange and as silly as it sounds, and it doesn't sound like anything terribly catastrophic, but I misplaced my wallet, and it's it's kind of a great example, and if you stop to think about, you know, it just seems like something, you know, it's just a thing, you know, why would that cause so much fear and worry and trepidation? But when you think about what's in that wallet, when you think about what many people carry 
with them. And in this, and, and, and there again, in this case, it doesn't necessarily have to be a wallet. It could be, it could be a purse. It could be a bag. It could be anything in which we have, you know, that we're carrying around a lot of our personal items that are important to us and they represent, uh, you know, issues of financial security and well-being and, those, and along those lines. It could be really anything that is important to us, anything that is valuable to us, no matter what the reason is. It doesn't necessarily have to be a wallet. But in this case, it was. And I. it was one of those situations where I suddenly realized that it wasn't in my back pocket and it wasn't where it usually is supposed to be. And I had been out and around quite a bit, and that is probably what caused there to be such a, you know, an initial level of concern. And when I look back at what happened, I literally felt myself for a brief moment start to engage in this huge chain of thoughts. And I felt myself, it's almost like I could feel just the habitual pull of getting into this situation where I am starting to envision all of the worst things happening. And I think it's fairly typical and I think it's fairly normal for us human beings to do this. You know, when, when we suddenly go into a moment of panic, it's very sudden, and then we begin very easily to launch into this sequ- sequence of thoughts. And they could all be happening at the same time. It could be one after another. You know, we start envisioning the worst. We start envisioning, oh my gosh, I'm not going to be able to find the wallet. What if someone got, you know, and there's just kind of an example. What if someone gets a hold of it? You know, what if they use uh, one of the cards that I have in it? What if, you know, this, what if that? And pretty soon you can find yourself just completely emotionally overwhelmed. And what is really strange about this is, is that I, and I will admit that I felt the compunction to become very, very worried. I felt that, you know, I felt very uneasy. There was a, there was a feeling of panic. It was a feeling of absolute panic. When I realized I didn't have it, I could not remember where I left it or put it where I put it. There was, you know, I could feel that. And what's strange is that for some reason, and I have to believe it's a result of engaging in mindfulness practice and mindful coping practice for so many years that I could feel myself start to quote unquote go there. I mean, I, you know, all those thought processes were starting to come online. I could feel that tension in my head. I could feel that pit in my stomach, that feeling of abject fear starting to, you know, things were happening to me physiologically. And for some strange reason, all of a sudden, as soon as this process started, you know, picking up steam and, and, and was starting to get momentum, all those thoughts were starting to come online. All of a sudden, I felt myself just kind of let go and loosen my grip on all of it. And it, it wasn't because I was consciously telling myself, okay, stop worrying, stop thinking about all this. I wish I could say that I had that kind of discipline. I wish I could say that I could, you know, consciously will myself to stop thinking and to stop uh, conjecturing about what was going to happen and all the bad things that were going to happen as a result of this. And then, you know, indulging in feelings of helplessness and feeling like a victim and then getting into all the thoughts of, you know, why does this always happen to me? There's all these different, you know, 
shades and gradations of thoughts that we can have, or what I refer to as different flavors. We can get into all these self-defeating thoughts, and it can beat to where it gets to the point where we literally can't cope anymore because we are completely immersed in these thoughts and speculations and all of the identifying as the victim and with the feeling of helplessness, and it just drains us of our will to keep on going. You know, it's like we have to suddenly just kind of give out and just give up because it's just all the thoughts and feelings just get so overwhelming. And in this case, that did not happen. What happened was I felt all of that momentum starting to pick up. And for some reason, and I don't know why, I just, you know, I just literally, you know, what I guess what you'd call, you know, kind of backed off the accelerator. I just, you know, I no longer, I just had no desire to get myself into this state physiologically or psychologically. I just didn't want to do it. And what was really strange about it was it just happened. I just literally let go of everything. And it's almost like one of those things where if you're pedaling a bicycle, you know, really quickly and you've been doing it for a little bit, you know, you have some forward momentum, you stop pedaling and, you know, things are still moving, things are still happening. But at some point you, you know, you lose the, that momentum and that's exactly what happened. And I stopped all of a sudden and I just realized, okay, I guess I, you know, I'm not going to do this. I guess I'm not going to put myself through this. And then I had the realization that yes, you know, I have not found the wallet, but what's really odd was I had this really strange sense of relief and I didn't really understand why until I thought about it a little more and really reflected on it. And what I realized was, yes, I still didn't know where the wallet was. Yes. I could not really control what was going to, what was happening or what was going to happen as a result of that. I didn't have any answers, but it was okay because that's what happens. You know, these things happen sometimes. Things, we lose things. Things don't go the way that we expect. There's all kinds of examples of this. And it's not that it's wonderful or great or that I should be happy about that. But at the same time, though, what I found, what I found in that moment was that, you know, the relief that I felt was from the self-torture that I was investing in. I was torturing myself needlessly. I was causing myself a lot of needless suffering by all of these thoughts and speculations about what would happen and then trying to envision or visualize, you know, all the bad things that were going to happen because I could not find my wallet and that you could insert any particular example into that. It doesn't have to be that. And that relief that I felt was as a direct result of making some sort of both an unconscious and a conscious choice to not invest in those thoughts, to not hang on to those beliefs that, you know, I knew something bad was going to happen. It just somehow, some way things were not going to work out or go my way. I chose not to do that. And it was a tremendous relief. And it, and it actually surprised me because I have talked about this theoretically. I've experienced similar situations where I felt that sense of relief from, you know, engaging in all the negative self-talk and when I, once I let that go. But this was probably one of the more powerful experiences that I have had with this. And it took me by surprise. And after practicing mindfulness and mindful coping for over 20 years, it surprises me that it took me by surprise. But it did, and I think it's beautiful that 
sometimes we can actually get out of our own way and we just do it unconsciously because we've been practicing doing it. You know, and that's really what I think that, you know, the more I think about mindfulness practice, it's kind of like a diamond that you hold up and there's a lot of different facets. You know, what we're really practicing when we practice meditation or some sort of meditative practice to calm the mind, once we engage in mindfulness practice and pay attention to our thoughts about what we're feeling and our thoughts about what we're experiencing in any given moment, really help us to be able to get out of our own way and not to, and, and to literally make the choice, whether it's conscious or unconscious, to cause ourselves less suffering. And that's really what it, you know, really became to be about. In other words, I, you know, I, I did not have any answers for my predicament at, in that moment. And yet I felt the relief, the sense of relief anyway. I knew, and, and yet then I started thinking about the fact that, you know, this is, this is what's happening right now. This is what's going on. I can't change it. You know, somewhere along the way, I have most likely, you know, inadvertently put my wallet somewhere that I couldn't remember where it was, which is exactly what happened. It's just that I did it mindlessly, and it took me a while to figure out where it was. And we're humans. We do things like that. But there, I find, I've found that there's no sense in beating myself up emotionally about that and making, you know, myself completely miserable because I was human and that's really what it ends up being and I don't want to do that and what I found is is that you know the only way for me to make the choice to not torture myself psychologically or emotionally or physiologically for that matter or physically is to practice not doing that and for me that practice is really you know that practice for me is you know mindfulness practice utilizing a, a meditative practice to calm the mind and then you know utilizing mindfulness to pay attention to my thoughts about my feelings and then to take it a step further practicing mindful coping which is really just mindfulness practice in the middle of life as it's happening you know when we're in the middle of the storms of life you know we can't you know run away and necessarily go and sit in a quiet room somewhere and practice mindfulness you know, we have to do it while we're on our feet in the middle of life. And that's really what mindful coping is about. And the only way that I found that I can practice mindful coping is to practice mindfulness. It's almost like it has, you know, one feeds the other. I can't do one without the other. I can't be mindful in the moment while I'm scared to death about losing my wallet and worried about where it is and what's going to happen to me as a result of losing it. And what's going to happen, you know, with my identity as a victim or someone who seems to have this bad luck or all any of the things that I choose to tell myself or whatever identity I take on, that I can't really deal with those things and deal with what I need to deal with in life unless I am practicing that when I have the opportunity to be still and to be quiet. And if I can do, the more that I do that, the more I can be practice mindfulness in the middle of life and, and practice mindful coping and to be able to cope with all of the things in this life that I can't, con can't control and all of the situations that don't go my way and when things don't work out the way that I had hoped or when things don't turn out to be the way that I have believed them to be. And that's really what mindful coping is all about. It's, you know, it's about being able to deal with those things. Even when we're struggling with them, we're still taking care of what we need to take care of in life. We're, we're taking care of the things that are most important 
to make sure that we're okay, the people we love and care about are okay, and that we're ultimately discharging our responsibilities that we have to those people that we work for or work with or take care of or serve in some way. And it's really nice to know that by practicing these things on a regular basis that it does have the ability to transform us. It's not just, you know, it's not just talk. It's, you know, it's, I know it's very easy to talk about how things can change us for the better and transform us. And uh, there's a lot of that talk in the world today. But it's nice to know that there are some practices that really do have the ability. And I know that there are more practices than just this that have that potential to be able to transform us in a way where we can be more effective and cope in a more healthy way. But it's nice to know that we, that we're as humans, we are capable of that type of transformation if we choose to undertake those practices. And that it ultimately really will be okay. That, you know, and during those times when we really are in, in complete and abject fear about something and speculating about how bad it may get or how, may long, how long it may last or, you know, what the damage is ultimately going to be, that there are practices that can help us cope during those times when we can't control the, the things that are going on that are causing us stress and causing us pain. We can actually be transformed and be able to cope with those things more effectively.